Hello, hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a good one today, guys. This is a touchy subject, and this is a subject that has been spoke about, talked about, and everybody has their opinions, but our opinions don't matter. What matters is the Word of God. So I'm here today to give a word that the Lord has given me. This has come up before, and I kind of pushed it down, and it, and it comes up periodically. And I said, Lord, look, I want whatever you, you have for me. I don't want anything to hinder my walk with you or anything, you know, that I think that I know. See, we have to put what we think we know down sometimes, all the time, in order to get the fullness of who Jesus is and the fullness of what the gospel and the kingdom of God is really all about. So today, I have a message and a word of the Lord pertaining to the wealth transfer and pertaining to tithes and offerings. I have a lot of scriptures to go through. I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as the Holy Spirit will allow. But again, this is his channel. This is his thing. And he do what he wants to do with it. This is what this channel is all about. Liberty and freedom. And letting the Holy Spirit and God really hone in and teach us, correct us, and bring us into direct alignment with the kingdom of God, not religion. So today's word, we're talking about tithing. We're talking about mula, mucho dos. Dinero. We're talking about it all, guys. And this is very, um, I think, a timely word in this hour that we're living in because of all of the, of the chatter and the talk about uh, the wealth transfer and money. And, uh, you know, God said we can't serve two masters. We can't serve money and we can't, we can't serve him and money at the same time. So we have to pick. And so I believe what the Holy Spirit really wants to convey and what he really wants to get across in this hour is the giving portion of it. You know, once you receive your blessings and your favor and your abundance and your wealth, then what do we do with it? How do we give? When do we not give? And I think it's vitally important because if the enemy can't keep you from getting the blessing, he'll try to get you to self-sabotage and squander your own blessing. So I think it's vitally important. You know, God says there is no temptation that has taken us except that which is common to man. But again and again, God will always provide a way of escape for his people. Whom the son makes free is free indeed. And we, when are we really going to be free indeed? You know, we have to be, we can be free in one area of our life, but in bondage in another area of our life. So today, God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus come in full force and we're bringing all of heaven with us because we know that many um, have uh, different views on this topic. So we just want what God wants for us, regardless to what we think our opinions don't matter. Our opinions don't matter. It's what God says. And so sometimes we can miss God because we are in a position or a place of tradition and the Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses, I believe it's 11 through uh, 15, it says, um, making, uh, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have been handed down, and many such things you do. So sometimes you can miss God because of tradition, because of obligation, because of fear, because of misinformation, because intentional 
misinformation. And we have to be very careful that we don't allow the enemy to use us to self-sabotage our own blessings. So let's talk about it. Okay, so the first scripture we know is Malachi 3.10 that we have been beat over the head with for years and years and years regard, regarding the tithe. And I know that this is very controversial, you know, because Creflo Dollar just recently, months ago, put out a teaching on the tithe and offering. Well, I'm telling you, when I saw that teaching, it was in direct alignment with what God had already shown me years ago. God had already shown me this, but I'm here to tell you, I did miss God when I first got saved in 20, 2000. In 2000. Um, this, all these things when you first get saved, and this is going to help a lot of people and free a lot of people. This is what this channel is all about. It's all about freedom, liberty, and rest. It's all about deliverance because that's what my, you know, my mantle is all about deliverance. But I want to say when I got this word back in 2000, when I first got saved, I brushed it off because I thought it was the enemy trying to keep me under a curse. And I heard some, someone came to me and they told me, you know, the tithe is not really, you know, the 10%, you know, and I like, oh God, get her away from me because that's nobody but the devil. We'll chalk a lot of things up to be something being the devil when it's really God speaking with us. God really wants us to um, hone in on the fullness of the kingdom of God and know him in spirit and in truth. And not in traditions and religions and all these things that we take on that God never tell us. You know, some of these scriptures that have been quoted back in the day is not, not even a real scripture, you know. So today I want to start with the book of Malachi and it talks about in Malachi 3 and 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say in what way? Uh, have you, I robbed you in tithes and offerings. And I'm telling you, this, this has been preached from the ends of the earth. And they have been beating people over the head with the prosperity gospel and with things that God has never said. But because it has been handed down and no one has really set in the counsel of the Lord and no one has really um, got to know God for themselves. See, what happens is when you really get to know God for yourself, a lot of things that you have taken on that has been passed down starts to fall off and the covers start to come open and your eyes begin to see. So in this hour, before I get started, I just want to pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow God to minister to you and to minister to you in spirit and in truth and minister to you out of, not, of, out, not out of your own um, will and out of your own thoughts and all of your own ideologies, but let him minister to you the way it is was written in his word. So let's go to the next scripture because he gave me a lot to talk about. Okay, so we know that the law of Moses talks about tithing. Uh, when God gave Moses the law and he gave him, I believe it was 611 uh, laws to keep. And, you know, the thing with the law is God, first of all, never does anything just to be doing it, right? So when he gave Moses the law, the, the law was only to let people see that they really couldn't keep the law. It was, it was, in other words, there's no way humanly possible that you can really keep all of the 611 uh, laws that God was, you know, giving to Moses. So a lot of times when we get in a rhythm and when we get in a routine 
and um, we learn something, it's hard to unlearn it or it's hard to, to break away from it. Because when Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of the law, which means that you no longer sacrifice animals. You no longer uh, do the 10th and the tithe and all that. But so, it's some, something for people because we have been preached into fear. Um, I can give you an example. Um, I used to go um, to this church in... Um, this not the, it was just a visit. I was just visiting and I heard, um, um, uh, the prophet say, um, you know, you under a curse, you know, if you don't tithe and all this. And he would say, I hope all of your money, you, your stuff crash and burn up, you know, a real prophet of God. But when it comes to the things of money, you have to be very careful with people because what I notice is the people that are very, uh, reluctant or uh, you know resistant to uh, God's word in terms of you're not being under the law, so the tithe is not required. And I'm gonna we're gonna talk about all of that because I'm a giver. Okay, so it's not even about giving. This has nothing to do with not giving money. It has nothing to do with that. But it has everything to do with the blood of Jesus and the new covenant and how God takes that seriously and how we are to walk under grace. And not under the law. But that's a whole different situation. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And I want to say this. And I was at the church. And he was talking about all this. And then he even, I believe my brother had called me and said, Hey, you know what you think about this? I didn't come to church today. And the prophet called me and asked me for my tithes. He asked me to still send, bring my tithes even though I didn't come to church today. I don't know what reason. I don't know if he was sick. Or I don't know what was the reason why he didn't come to church. But the prophet, he still wanted them tithes. And so I said, that's not of God. That's not of God. I said, God deals with people privately. He deals with people, you know, concerning money, concerning things that they should do. Now, this is the way he gave it to me. I'm going to give it to you in scriptures and I'm going to give it to you in this most simplistic way that God, God deals with me in the most simplistic way. And I tell people this all the time. The more complicated it is, the more it's not God. God's word should be in a way that even a child could understand. The more spooky and deep and all the way up there it is, the more it's not him. So I want to implore to you today to listen, strap on your seatbelts, baby, because I'm going in. You know, when God told me to give this word, I said, let's go. Let's go because I'm not scared. So I want to talk about this. So Malachi talks about you being under a curse because you don't tithe. Okay, so the, the, the scripture... Um, and the confirmation, because I told God, give me confirmation. You know, I know what I feel about it, but just bring me some confirmation so that I can know that I am on the right track because I know that you establish your word amongst two or three witnesses. And sure enough, what came up? The, the, the first thing that came up was the, to, to spark this whole thing. You know, I've been, you know, he's been putting it on my mind to speak about but it was even more heavily on my mind to speak about when I actually heard about the wealth transfer um, through Camille Hedricks. And I think she just gave a recent word about uh, um, Malachi 3.10 about opening up the windows of heaven and God pouring you out a blessing and all of that. And that was the tithing scripture. So immediately God quickened me and he said, now she didn't say anything wrong. She didn't say um, 
that you shouldn't tithe and all that, or you should tithe. She didn't say any of that. And that's what people have to be very careful of. Because the first thing people do is when they hear Malachi 3.10, oh, God said we need to tithe. We need to make sure we tithe and we need to make sure we're doing this and make sure we're doing that. God says, be very careful in this hour because there's going to be she uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, many people that, uh, that, that are not of him that is looking for that money. As soon as you get that money in your hand, they want that money to go straight to them and to their ministries. Now, am I saying don't give to a ministry? Absolutely not. I'm the sowing queen. I sow. That's what I do. But I'm here to tell you this, this word today is all about being led by the spirit of God and not by our obligation and not by manipulation. I'm here to let you know that God wants you to be free indeed. He doesn't want you to get what he's giving you and for you to feel like you have to give under compulsion or give under fear or obligation. He wants you to be led by the spirit of God and in every area of your life, not just in money. See, this is what being free indeed is really all about. It's about flowing and being moving in the Holy Spirit, synchronizing and walking in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, not in obligation, not in all of that. So I first heard that through uh, that, and then that sparked something. And I said, Lord, you know, I know what I feel about the tide, right? I said, but give me confirmation. So I got confirmation. I was looking at the um, YouTube and I seen another teaching uh, through Troy Black and he's an awesome prophet of God. And I, I pulled up his teaching and I didn't know what he was going to say. I'm being honest with you because I'm very reluctant about the people that I listen to. Um, but I, when I the Holy Spirit kept saying, just look at it, you know. And so I looked at it and, and I said, there it is. I said, it's, it's right on point. And I believe his teaching was, um, if you, um, uh, look up Troy Black on YouTube and uh, what, God what God told him about the tithe. And I'm telling you, when he got on there, he looked like he was like scared to give the word at first. But, you know, he came through. The Holy Spirit came through. Because this is such a touchy subject with people because they think that something bad is going to happen to them. And it's, in and it's insane because God said he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. So a lot of times people tithe out of fear. They tithe out of obligation. They tithe. Out so let's get into it. So... He gave, um, gave a few scriptures. And so the, one of the scriptures he gave was Hebrews 7, right? So we know that Jesus is the um, uh, fulfillment of the law. And simply what does that mean? That means that the Bible says, love God, love people. That is the fulfillment of the law. Well, you might say, well, what does that have to do with tithe and giving? That has everything to do with giving. Because in the, in the New Testament, you know, we go back and forth, the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's all God. And God doesn't contradict himself, guys. It's only one truth, God. We have our opinions, but it's only one truth. You can have all the opinions you want about it, but it's only one truth. And I implore you to ask God, just like you asking God about the Sheba coin and the XLM and the XRP, ask God about the tithe because that's vitally important because you want to know uh, how you should invest. But I want to say to you, it's not enough to just know how to invest. It's, it's, you have to know how what God wants you to do with it. And you have to know that by the spirit and not by impulse or obligation or a fear or either anything like that. So Hebrews 7, it says here, verse 10, it says, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And verse 11 says, therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the people received the law. 
What further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of the fleshly commandment, but according to the power of the endless life. You know, for he testifies, for you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So I'm telling you, it's, and let me just give you another scripture. I'm giving you, because y'all love scriptures. You know, we all love scriptures, but let me just give, because you know, it's got to come with a scripture. God deals with me differently. If God tell me something, I'm just doing it. I'll catch up with the scripture later. See, the, the, the thing with the, the army of the Lord is, when you're in the military, you're on a need-to-know basis. And sometimes God will tell you something, and the first thing, you know, some people will say, well, where's the scripture to support that? Where's the scripture to support that? God, it's, it's all him, so the scripture is going to come. But sometimes God will just tell you to do a thing. So the other scripture he gave me was Galatians 5, 2 and 5. And that scripture reads, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if, if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. In other words, the people were still operating under the law of Moses, the circumcision, trying to keep all these laws. You know, because if you keep one law, you got to keep all 611 of them. And the law was the, the law only came to show people that they could not keep it. That's why God sent Jesus. God always has a plan and his plan is always working because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And I'm going to give you the, the, the most simplistic way God gave this to me when I first started getting the revelation of this tithing thing. So I'm going to continue to read. And I testify again that every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. So what was Paul saying? If you get circumcised, if you still operating under those traditions, you're going to have to keep the whole law. Start, start When you start with that one, start with the rest of them. But that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to set the captives free. And so he said, you have become estranged from Christ, who you attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. And I'm going to talk about the threshing floor of grace versus the threshing floor of legalism in a religion. There's a big difference. Um, for we, through the spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. He gave me another scripture, Galatians 5, 24 and 25. And those who are Christ have, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. For if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Okay. So then he gave me Galatians 5, 13 through 18. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what that means. There's, there's, there's freedom. There's no restraint. You know, there's no resistance. God wants you to walk in complete freedom. He doesn't want you to be manipulated or feel obligated to do anything. God loves a cheerful giver, and I'm going to get into that because it talks about giving grudgingly and reluctantly. God says, give and it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will men give into your bosom. Give and it shall be given. So you would always have seed time and a harvest. That's the way it works. 
So that's why it, the law, the, that works even if you're not saved. Seed time and harvest. You give and it shall be given unto you. Okay, so Galatians 5, 13 through 18. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This is what this is all about. Loving God and loving people, guys. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And then it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. God is speaking loud and clear, but because we're so focused and honed in on religion, we can't even see it. I'm not talking about just you. I was there myself. When God first, then this girl first came through my path, I flung her off as the devil. Oh, she trying to block my blessings, but I'm here to tell you, do you not know I was under the, the legalism when I was serving God, calling down fire from heaven, praying. Because see, you can be free in one area, but not be free in another area. So just because you uh, are listening to leaders that talk about that and they are anointed, it doesn't mean that everything that they're saying is correct, that they have knowledge, you know, th the fullness of what God is saying in that area. So you can be free in one area and bound in another. And that was me. So I flung her off and said, oh, that's the devil. But do you not know I noticed something? There was a pattern when I, when I went to different churches. I said, why am I living check to check? Why I'm giving my tithes and my offerings? I was, I'm one of them people. Like if, if, if it's a rule, I want to follow it. I don't, I don't want to be out of God's will. But what God had to do to me, well, baby, he had to shake things up. He had to shake things up and turn it upside down because I would go give and but and I would notice that everybody who was under that same authority never had enough money. Everybody had to scrape when we went on trips and we went on retreats and all this stuff. Never had enough money. Everybody was always living from check to check. Never had enough. And so that I got I noticed that pattern with different churches. Now I'm not saying that God didn't bless me because I was giving. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the fullness of the abundance was not there. It was not there, guys, because guess what? I was under the legalism and under the law by tithing and doing. And I noticed that everybody else in there never had enough. We all were scraping from one check to the next, could never do nothing. And we was loving God, praying and crying out to Jesus and calling fire down from heaven. Um, but never, ne nothing ever happened financially. Nothing ever happened. And so the next church, you know, I noticed the same pattern, the same pattern, never enough. Prophets prophesying, calling down fire from heaven. Some awesome men and women of God never had no money. Never was enough. Never had no money. So... This is my perception of it. Um, you might say, and then I go to the New Testament. Now, now you, well, I've been in the New Testament, but you might say, so if this is the case, right, what is God really saying? 
God is saying, stay on the threshing floor of grace, according to Matthew 20, right? Matthew 20 talks about the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And I spoke about this in another video that I did in this call. God um, wants to foolproof you, full, F-O-O-L, to, to keep you from the enemy um, squandering, uh, using you to self-sabotage yourself and squandering your wealth. So... The parable of the workers in the vineyard, according to Matthew 20, it talks about the parable of the workers that went in and worked for a day's wage of denarii. And the workers were upset because two, some of the workers only worked two hours and still got a full day's wage. And Jesus then, well, this is him talking in the parable, but he didn't talk about how they were evil because they were upset because they felt like they should have got more money because they worked longer. And these people came along and only worked two hours and got the same pay that they got. And God simply said in Matthew 20, verses 14, this, this whole parable changed my life. Okay, it changed my life. Um, so um, it's saying the last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, am I doing you no wrong? Do you not agree with me for, a, did you not agree with me for just a denarii, a day's wages of work? That's what he was saying. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give you, I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. It is not lawful for me. Is it? No, he's asking a question. Is it not lawful for me to do that with what I wish for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Many are called, but few are chosen. So he was upset because the, the 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 master was actually paying the guy a full day's wage and he only worked two. But see, God says, stay on the threshing floor of grace. It's kind of like with the cryptocurrency, right? The cryptocurrency, you have guys that's been in this cryptocurrency for years, years. And here God's people come right now and get in it for not even a month and get ready to be millionaires and billionaires. That's the same example. God just put that in my heart. That's the same example. So basically what God is saying, stay on the threshing floor of grace. Allow him to move in his abundance and his wealth that he wants to move in. You don't want to tie him with your small thinking. You don't want to tie the master like that because you want the fullness of whatever God has for you. And so when we get into God says give 10%, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're limiting God as to how much he can continually give you because God says give and it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then he also said he loves a cheerful giver. And I'm stressing the word give. You don't hear tithe. And I know we'll go to Matthew 23 and 23 all day long and we'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about, let me see, uh, Matthew 23 and 23, where it talks about Jesus talking about tithe, you know, give, give your tenth of a tithe. But you have to know that Jesus had not died, that the old covenant, when Jesus came, this is the way God gave it to me. When Jesus came to uh, the earth, right? He came, but he was still under the Mosaic covenant, it wasn't until he got resurrected, died, and was and came back and was resurrected that now the law has been done away with. So Jesus came, 
he's not going to assert the, the law because he is the word of God and he's not going to go against his own word. So until that transaction happened with him dying and then coming back, you were still on, he was still, he was even subject to under the law because he came and Jesus didn't come just because he was Jesus. He didn't just go willy nilly. He still paid his taxes and he still did what he was supposed to do because he was also under that same law because the law didn't, didn't implement itself until he died and came back and he was resurrected. So he was telling people, yes, go pay your, um, your, your 10th or whatever you need to pay, but don't forget the more weightier or more important things, which was mercy, which was doing right by people, which was being, um, you know, doing what God told you to do. So he was saying, look, do that, but don't do, don't, you know, do the most important thing, which we know is giving, showing mercy to others, giving to others, loving one another. So in that, he wants us to see that that didn't come into effect until after he came back and was resurrected. So you are not under the law, which is why Paul had a lot to say about that. Because by the time Paul came on the scene, it had, Jesus was already, you know, uh, resurrected and had came back. And that's when he met him on the road to Damascus and had an encounter with him. He was already ascended to the right hand of the father at that moment. So Paul got the revelation of being under the grace and not under the law because people were so stiff necked and so unwilling to change because the law had been in effect for hundreds of years and that's what's going on now and and and, and it's almost like the when Jesus came he said repent which means change the way you think for the kingdom of God is at hand meaning now you under the new law change the way you think from the way you thought about the old law now does that mean that we don't read the old testament no i believe in the whole bible I don't believe in just the Old Testament or I'm a New Testament Christian. That That's not how I roll. I'm, I'm the whole Bible. But I, I also understand that is that Jesus was the fulfillment. So God says, so you might ask the question, okay, so if that's the case and we're, we don't, you know, tithing was of the old covenant, then what is it that we need to, how do we need to give? I'm glad you asked. So how do we need to give? How do we need to give is this, John 2 and 5. John 2 and 5, it says, I'm going to read John 2, 3 through 6. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But you see what I'm saying? He said his hour, and this is before he was crucified. So he was still under that old covenant. He was, he's still God. He's still going to not go against his own word. You know what I'm saying? So he's still going to do what he needs to do under the old covenant, which was pay his tithes. Okay. So Jesus said to her, my hour has not come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So you're asking, how do I give your flow with the Holy Ghost? You flow with the spirit of God. You give when the Lord tells you to give, that's how it works. And see, this is why God says the fulfillment of the law is love God, love people. And Jesus was the fulfillment. Jesus was the fulfillment so we wouldn't have to try to keep up with all of the laws and the different things. Because now we're under grace. We're under the threshing floor of grace. And we want to stay on the threshing floor of grace. Because when you're on the threshing floor of grace, that's where God's abundance is. 
That's where the rivers of living water flow. It flows. When we flow with the Holy Spirit, that means we in sync. We're moving. We're walking in the Spirit, right? So if God tell you to give, just say, for instance, your tithe is $100,000 and you only give $100,000. God may want you to give a million dollars to the ministry or to whatever's to sow into people. And I'm going to say this. Sowing and reaping is not just money. So when you when God says to give, and, we, and if you notice, God doesn't even use the word tithe. He only used the word tithe in Matthew 20, 23, one time. And that's because he was still under the Mosaic law. And until he was resurrected and he died, he wasn't on the new covenant. The new covenant did not exist. So that's why you have Paul going in in Galatians. He going in and he going in and he honing in and he talking about, you know, um, being under the law and not walking in the spirit and all that kind of stuff and trying to keep the, the law of circumcision and all this type of stuff. Because there was two different uh, uh, times. God did the old covenant and the new covenant. Now it all comes together because Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So when you talk about um, how do you give, you give if you love God and you love people, then you don't have to worry about not giving anything. Because when you love people, you want to help them. So how do you give? You give as the spirit of the Lord tells you to give. So the spirit of the Lord may tell you to give a million dollars. The spirit of the Lord may tell you to sow prayers. Here are some of the examples that I'm going to give you that God was giving me. You sow not only money, but you're going to sow your skill set. I'm going to give you an example. I'm a licensed mortgage loan officer and I'm a licensed real estate agent, right? So... Some of the sewing that I do most of the time is providing wisdom to people, right? Providing insight and how the uh, process works. And I just got through um, um, uh, decorating. I've been decor professional de professionally decorating. So now I know the transaction from the beginning to the end. So what I my one of my examples of sewing was. I had a friend and she asked me, will you help me sell my house? Because she was a new real estate agent and I've been had my license since 2010. So I'm kind of, I'm more seasoned. So I said, absolutely, I'll help you, no problem. So I helped her sell her house. So I sold my skill set and to show her how to um, price the house, when to list it, how to list it, what they were going to say, because I, I, I kind of know the, the back and forth and how the negotiations go, right? And this is one of the gifts that God has given me, the wisdom and the insight of the negotiations and also the wisdom and the insight to help other people with just the knowledge that I have and the things that I've gone through. And that's why I find myself doing sewing. I sew a lot of my skill set. So I said all of that to say I sold into her, taught, showed her exactly what to do and positioned her, she made $125,000 in her transaction. Now, that's not, the, that's not the only time I've helped somebody make some money. But I'm here to tell you that that is still sowing. Then what is another way that we sow? We sow in prayer. We sow in prayer. See, the thing about it, like uh, what's the name said, silver and gold I have not, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. That's sowing. When you pray for others, that means you're, you, you're being others-centered. You're thinking about other people's needs, right? God looks at that. You're sowing prayers. What else are you sowing? You are also sowing, um, 
Let's see here what he showed me. You're showing time when you give people your time. You're showing service, right? You're showing money as well. You're showing love. You're showing compassion. You're showing mercy. See, sowing goes way beyond because, see, the Bible says, with what measure you use, it will be measured back unto you. So how much mercy do you have for someone else is what is going to be measured back to you. That's sowing. And so when you sow mercy, you reap mercy. When you sow time, you reap time. When you sow your skill set and help other people, you know, prosper and help their business prosper and you help, God is going to help you prosper. You see how seed time and harvest works? So it's not all about money, guys. This is not all about money because the widow, God gave me that story. He gave me so many examples. I was like overwhelmed with examples. The widow's might. The Everybody was sowing and they was putting down an offering, right? Jesus was watching everybody as they was putting down the offering, right? And the widow came and gave her last two. But he said she has given more than the people that were rich that were just given an offering. Because he said they hadn't even scratched, scratched the surface. They was just given, but they hadn't even scratched the surface. Did Jesus say the widow gave a tithe? No, the widow didn't give a tithe. The widow gave from her spirit. She gave from her heart. And so because of that, God said that she had given more than any. Because see, you can give, but you can give with the wrong motive. So some of the wrong motives that God shows me, showed me in this is when people give out of fear. When people give out of obligation. Because obligation will have you to miss God. God can tell you to uh, give this and you give out of obligation. Well, that's not enough. You know, I want to make sure I give. And God didn't tell you to give that. And then another thing is you can sow into a ministry or into a person or into a situation that God did not tell you to sow in. Because the Bible says when you sow, you need to make sure the ground is good that you're sowing on. And that you're not sowing out of fear and out of obligation. And that you're not sowing out of um, works, you know, because you feel like, okay, I gave my tithe. I did this. I did that. I did this. We don't want to work out of that spirit. We want to work out of the spirit of God. Because see, when you work, when you flow with the Holy Ghost and you flow with the spirit of God, that's where the abundance come in. Because I'm here to tell you Sheba Inu, XRP, and all those things are just one type of wealth transfer. There's going to be so many different things that transpire depending on how you steward the first portion of it, depending on how you move with the first part of it, because God can multiply it. He can give you a Kairos moment, right? A Kairos moment is a small window of opportunity that will expand. And when you release your faith, it expands into this big, gigantic thing and blessing that you didn't even see coming because you were obedient in the small window of opportunity that he opened for you. So if he tell you to plant this here and give this here, then this, this will keep you foolproof, guys. And this will keep you in the perfect will of God in terms of your giving. Because he wants a, a cheerful giver. He doesn't want somebody to give because they're obligated or they're under compulsion or they feel forced to do something. God wants a cheerful giver. And the only way that you're going to be cheerful in your giving is the fact that you're moving in him and you're not moved by what people say and you're not people pleasing. Because see, people pleasing will have you to miss God. When God, when you decide to do it in the way that people want you to do it, that's going to have you to miss the abundance. It's going to have you to miss God because God may want you to tithe more than 10%. 
He may want you to give $300,000. He may want you to start a business and put that money into your own foundation or business. And, um, and then you looking up and you don't have no money to start your own business or to do what he's called you to build because you done sold it somewhere else. You need to be very careful because I'm telling you, when you put a dollar sign behind people, it's, 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 it's going to be, first of all, hard for people to turn down. And second of all, it's going to be hard for you to um, um, really flow in and move in the things of God because you want to make sure you're not being emotionally, emotionally manipulated. And you want to make sure that you're doing first and foremost what God said to do. What he says overrides everyone else. Everyone else. I don't care what their status, what their title is, and how they move and flow. I can tell you right now, the other day, I walked past somebody and she asked for some money because she was trying to get back home. I pulled out, gave her the money, and kept it walking. Not even the next day or even the same day, it was another homeless person standing there with a baby in a stroller, and I kept right on going. Why? Because I wasn't led to do that. I was led to give it to the other person. And then I even give you another example. Uh, Publix is a grocery store here in Atlanta. And some places, you know, Publix is, you know, people don't know what Publix is, but Kroger and Publix grocery stores. Publix sometimes have a thing when you go to the register and you give um, and you pay your money. They say, oh, would you like to give to St. Jude's research or whatever, whatever? Yeah, I give to it. So let me tell you what happened to me. So I gave to it. Then I went to another Publix another day. I was on another side of town. They said, oh, would you like to give to the children of St. Jude's? I gave because I love that's one of my favorite charities to get to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Right. Then I went to, of course, the week passed or whatever. And I had to go back to the store again. She said, would you like that? I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> you know, and I kept going because I knew in my heart I had already given to two other public stores. But they don't know that. You know, when you walk in, they, they don't know that. But you know that. So if I had felt, you know, compulsed, under compulsion to give, I would have did it because people standing there, you know, and you feel like, oh, I shouldn't say no. You know, no, because I knew that you, you what I had already did, you know. So the last thing I want to, before I get out of here, because I know this is a lengthy video, but it's so needed. It's so needed. I'm telling you. And just like you ask God about everything else, how you test the spirits, people tell you, don't take it, don't listen to me, take it back to God. Okay, so take it back to God and say, Lord, what is you really saying about how does, how does giving work? How does tithing work? And just like he gave you dreams about Sheba Inu, a dog, and he gave you a coin and all this kind of stuff, you know, all these different testimonies I'm hearing, which is amazing, by the way. I'm here to tell you that he will give you wisdom and insight on how to give, who to give it to, and when to give it. He, the, 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 what God is doing in this hour is he's teaching people how to hear from him. Those that are new to the faith that are coming in and they don't understand how all these uh, walking by faith works, this is God is going to use this wealth transfer to not only pull people into the kingdom of God, but not only that, he's going to use even the more seasoned people um, that have been walking with him for their faith to excavate and elevate to another level to, to believe him even the more. So God is using it, but he's going to work it in for your good because now it's like, okay, he's using that to pull you in and to to, to help you to discern and how to hear his voice because now it's, 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 it's having you go back and pray to him and ask, give me confirmation, give me confirmation. And he has been given confirmation left and right. And this is because he wants this not only to be in about coin and cryptocurrency, but he wants this to be a lifestyle. He wants this to be 
in your life. He wants you to come to him for everything. No matter what someone tells you, he wants you to still come to him and get the information. And every leader should always point you back to Jesus. Every leader. And I say this almost on every video. It should not be about the leader. We are only tools and vessels that God used. We are not the, the Messiah in the second coming. We are only, we are flawed individuals. We make mistakes. We don't have everything lined up and we don't have everything right. This is why Jesus should be your example for, for Christianity. It should be your example for how to walk, not a human being. Jesus should be your example. So you go back to him and you ask him and what you're doing is you're developing a relationship and you're learning how to hear the voice of God. And that's more important than the money. Knowing how to hear the voice of God is what's going to keep you sane. It's what's going to keep you whole. It's what's going to keep you walking in confidence. It's what's going to keep you from being bamboozled, from swindled. I'm telling you. I'm I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, I can, I can tell you story after story, the things that I have walked through and have gone through. Um, I'll tell you this last story. I was at a church um, and at that time, I think I was ordained a deacon at that time. And I'm telling you, being under the law, God says, give a sacrificial offering, give a sacrificial gift. And because I just want so badly, Lord, I just wanted, you know, just to please God. But 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 the thing about it is this this was a hard lesson for me. So I end up giving a sacrificial offering, which meant I had to give up my car payment money. But you know, I'm thinking, okay, God gonna come through because I just gave, He gonna come through. Don't you know that my, my car payment bounced? I thought it was gonna miraculously appear in my credit because it was automatically taken out of my account. Don't you know that that thing bounced? And I had to go back to church and ask for my money back. I'm telling you. I have, God has walked me through some situations because that in turn helped me to hear the voice of God. And what happens is God will allow you to go through things like that because he wants you to ultimately go to him. I don't care what somebody is saying because that could have very well been a word, but it wasn't a word for me. You know what I'm saying? That could So if God is saying, oh, we're calling some people to give a sacrificial offering, you better know that you heard right and that it's for you. Because I'm telling you what God guides, he provides. And, what, and if you don't have a revelation, you're not going to have manifestation. You've got to have the revelation of who God is and how he speaks to you. Because it's a personal thing. And when he may tell this person to give $2,000, he may only tell you to give two hundred. dollars so you have to know God even in its subtlest form. So Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that everyone under the sound of my voice and even the ones that are seasoned, those are the ones that still, you know, um, preach tithing and offerings. I pray, Lord God, that every mind-bending spirit and every spirit that will try to infiltrate or to arrest or try to block the, the supernatural uh, abundance and the supernatural grace that you have called us to walk under. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus and I assassinate and I annihilate every spirit of manipulation, of m emotional manipulation. For you said we cannot serve you and serve money. We have to choose one. So Lord, we thank you that even right now that people are being free indeed, that they're going to be walking in the, moving in you and flowing in the gifts of the spirit of God. And they're not going to be moved by the faces because you have set their faces like flint 
protect. And we thank you, Lord God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And we pray that every word that has been sown will not be still killed nor destroyed, but it produce much fruit for your glory and for the harvest that is coming in, that we will move and flow in you and have our being, that we will walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh or religion. We bind the spirit of religion. We bind the spirit of traditions because the word of God has been made no effect by the traditions of men. So we thank you, Lord, that everything that has been handed down that has not come from you, Jesus, is now bound in the name of Jesus. And I lose the liberty and the freedom of Christ Jesus. I lose the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And I lose, Lord God, that whom the Son makes free is truly free indeed. And they will begin to walk in it, move in it, and to begin to walk in that confidence. And then the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So give us boldness in this hour, Lord, and protect your sheep from the wolves. Protect your sheep from the manipulation. Protect your sheep, O oh God, and the things that you have placed in their hands, O oh God, and that they will hear you and they will begin to ask you and they will begin to um, allow you to do a work in them and through them and for them, O oh God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, I give you the glory and the praise right now that we will begin to move in you and have our being. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And we will not be moved by the religion, by the traditions, but we will be led by the Spirit of God. And, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for listening, guys, and I thank you for um, taking the time. I know this was a lengthy video, but I'm here to tell you, let God arise and let every enemy be scattered. And that when the enemy comes in one direction, he will flee in seven directions when he comes to you. And He will, you will not self-sabotage. You will not give it away. But you will glorify God with everything that he put in your hand. Because like he told me, everything is his anyway. So therefore, if he tell you to give it away, you're going to give it away. If he tell you not to give it, you're not going to give it because everything is his. And so, guys, I thank you for listening. Until the next video, have a super fantastic day. Bye, loves.